Yo, welcome to a episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, two guys who have seemed to have lost any sense of time or space where because are we, we when are, are we? stuck at home. What what day is it? What know. month? What year? Talk about movies, TV, music, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Subscribe to our podcast and always follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR. That's PressPlayAR on Instagram. On this week's show, we're going to discuss Fiona Apple's fourth album, The Idler Wheel is Wiser Than the Driver of the Screw, and Whipping Cords Will Serve You More Than Ropes Will Ever Do, usually abridged as The Idler Wheel. Riz will let you know about the DVDs and music that are available now, and this episode comes with Six Degrees of Separation and our Fact of the Week. But first, quick news. It has been a very, very beautiful... Couple weeks. Couple weeks, yeah, yes. Yeah, we, we obviously took a week off last week. We've been doing every ten episodes and a break. And but let's see, where have we been to? Uh, we've been to... The house. The living room. Yeah. Um, Such a beautiful view. The kitchen. Yeah. The kitchen is our hot spot. It's where we congregate a lot. Yeah. Uh, the game room. Game room. Um, computer computer game room. So we've traveled. We've traveled. Come on. We can say that we've traveled this spring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but on all serious note... You know, we are quarantined uh, here in Florida, not mandated by the state yet. Uh, well, apparently relig- re- religious services can still uh, congregate. Yes, which... because they are washed by the blood of Jesus, according to that one lady. Oh, <laughs> Did you see that video? God, no. She was in a going to church and a reporter asked her, like, hey, like, why are you congregating the corona virus? Obvious facts and stuff like that she's like it's okay i'm washed by the blood of jesus i'm washed by the blood of jesus and she was like adamant about that i'm like okay well there was this crazy woman oh i jogged faster than that uh there was this crazy woman uh like that did this long facebook rant about how it's all liberal conspiracy and you know we don't need to quarantine or social distance and as long as i pray i'll be fine Two weeks later, dead from coronavirus. Yeah. So don't be that fucking stupid bitch, all right? Please y- don't. You know, this is fucking serious. Her family's now raising money, you know, on GoFundMe. And last I checked, they raised over 35000 for that stupid bitch. On the person who believed that it was all a conspiracy so there you go. by the liberals. There you go. I'm, the- I'm sure they're going to pay for the funeral, which is usually about 10000 and then give all give all that away to charity. I'm sure he Absolutely. says sarcastically. <laughs> they're they're uh, pieces of shit. I'm sorry. You're, if you're that fucking stupid, and then people you know look at you and believe you and believe the fucking stupid president, and they go out thinking they're okay, and then they're dead. They're in a fucking coffin. Don't be that fucking stupid bitch. All right, rant over. Wow. It pisses me the fuck off. I'm sorry. I mean, you do have a point. You know, a lot of people aren't taking serious about this issue. I remember at my job, one of the guys at my job didn't believe it. And he didn't take it seriously at all. He thought it was like a joke and blah, blah, blah. Where is he? 
he's quarantined and my job set him up to work from home. Yeah, he's the one that gets to set up set up from home and you're the one that gets furloughed. Basically furloughed and now you're stuck. Now you now you have to collect collect or figure out how to collect uh unemployment and food stamps and all that shit and the denier is sitting pretty at home on his computer. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um but as long as we continue to you know, practice social distancing, distancing, universal health hygiene care, wear our masks in public, and try just to be courteous of other people, um, we can be fine and we will overcome this and everything will go back to normal. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I I'm, think I'm by the end. At August. By August as well, I think so. Um, you got to think of like areas up north because. Well, now I think I read somewhere that they're saying that the heat probably might not uh, kill this. Really? Um, Isn't that what Trump originally said? Once the once the summer starts, it'll die off or something. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. My only main issue about this whole virus that happened that's going on is that currently there is no cure at all. That yes, a healthy person can recover from it, and there has been recovery which is fantastic but those who are immunocompromised or have like a a a a degenerate disease that can compromise their health um there's no cure for that exactly and and until there is like i'm not allowed to go see my parents for how long yeah, you know, it, let's say uh, an elderly relative passes away, which actually, an aunt in New York did pass away. She yes. was she was in a nursing home, and they didn't allow her her kids to go see her. They, I think they allowed one daughter mm-hmm. to go see her, and she died alone in a nursing home, and they couldn't have a funeral because of this. Sad. Um, Sad. I feel awful. I feel awful for my family. I feel awful for her for having to live her her last few weeks alone. Uh, you know, in a strange place, she was, I think, literally just put in, I think, to recover for surgery or, or just put in like a month before. And she died alone in a nursing home. That's terrible. It's it's awful. And and this is reality. You know, your your uncle passed away. And I don't even I don't think we should have even gone to that funeral. Yeah. I mean, there weren't a lot of people there, but we, I don't think we should have gone. Yeah, no, it's it's messing up the social norms of our lives. Even the most minimalistic things that we do uh, has been taken away from us due to this virus. And if we don't follow these rules in order to stop the spread, I hate the phrase slow the spread because that that sounds like counterproductive. We can't we don't want to slow it down. We want to stop it. Um well, I think they mean slow it down long enough for them to to get a drug going Bitch, and a vaccine. Stop that hoe in her track is what I'm saying. And by doing that, stay your ass home and just chill and read a book or whatever, or catch up on on Netflix, do some yoga, or. On a lighter note, I am growing my hair out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like your 20s all over again. I'm growing my hair out and I'm not leaving the house. I I, I post it on Instagram. It's like my 20s all over. (laughs) Because literally, that was my 20s. Uh, And like you said, I I was furloughed. Uh, You're working from home and I was furloughed. So 
that's our personal current situation that we're going through right now um applied for unemployment and uh food stamps and see how that goes on on our end uh other than you, that you were lucky uh because or you were one of the lucky ones because you didn't have many issues getting on the site and yeah it was like three thirty in the afternoon and i was like i got kicked out several times it, it went back to the beginning over and over again but after a while it just went through slowly it went through um and hopefully you know i get a response and in the meantime just uh it gives me time to work around the house and and to be with you and to be with the dogs yeah um i'm i'm kind of losing losing it like going stir crazy i know first world problems but you know you wake up in the morning you walk five feet to the computer and sit there um I'm going to be late for work. Yeah. <laughs> Drink your coffee. Uh, it's like I, I, I took for granted, you know, you know, having my drive, going to the gym, uh, getting getting to walk the city during lunchtime. That I took, routine. Yeah. I took all of it for granted. And now it's 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 we're all in, in our in prisons in our in our own home almost. Um, with Netflix, you know, prisons with Netflix, <laughs> but which, by the way, what shows have we been watching? Uh, we started watching Ozarks. Uh, everyone at my job was telling me how good it is since season three started. Uh, and so far it's good. It's like a mesh of Breaking Bad and Modern Family without a huge cast or something like that. Yeah, uh, I think it's still getting into. They're still introducing more more people in and ever. I mean, we only we only seen the first two episodes. Actually, uh, my mom, uh, Mama Rita, told me about it, uh, but she couldn't remember Shout the name. Shout out to Mama Rita. She couldn't remember the name because uh, generally she could never remember the name of the show. She's like, "What's that show?" She first she Aww. she told me it was Breaking Bad. And I'm like, oh, you're watching Breaking Bad? Okay, cool. And then she's like, no, no. And then she like literally described. Like a scene, um, in it, like a an important scene in the in the first episode, and I, but I hadn't seen it. So yeah. when when we watched it, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what my parents stayed up until two in the morning watching eight episodes in a row, those, according to my mom. Those youngings staying up <laughs> late past their bedtime. I, I love that they're binging binging shows. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, we like. I have been rewatching uh, slowly of. Uh, the 1998 Will and Grace uh, seasons, yeah, and I'm enjoying it a lot because it's a bit nostalgic. And I said this to you, and I say it to a lot of people. Uh, Will and Grace was a show for me that I related to growing up because I saw a successful gay man lawyer, um, just living his life with his best friend, who's his roommate, and the people around him, which is another gay friend and a very wealthy. Uh, alcoholic um i would say a little more than alcoholic (laughs) so to see will and to see that you know well to see will and his friends uh gave me a lot of like things to look up to as a as a gay adult and it's interesting there weren't a lot of uh of representation back then like for me uh, Will and Grace was a little after my time. I wasn't that into it, but for me, I was always into these science fiction characters because they were they represented me in that 
they were in the closet about their powers. So you could kind of tell the the correlation in between being in closet with powers and 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 inevitably each one would have a like a coming out scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's I, I think that's what attracted me to science fiction as a kid and you know, you know I'm still crazy um science fiction person. And it 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 came out around the time as Queerest Folks and it Queerest Folks was a Pioneer, that's how you say it? A what? Like uh, a staple in TV culture. It starts with a P when something is like. Oh, I don't know. Pioneer? Oh, oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. P- Pioneer. Something like that, yeah. It was, pi- it was like. Yeah, binary. Um, but for two reasons, A, I couldn't afford it, uh, or my parents couldn't afford HBO, and B, when I did have HBO, I saw a couple episodes, and I really couldn't relate to it, maybe it was a little bit ahead of my time, but I looked at it, and I'm like, that, that that's not me, I couldn't find myself in that group. I don't think it was on HBO, I think it was basic cable, because I, re- I do remember watching it, and uh, I mean, it was alright, it was entertaining, but I felt like it... It um, it was like the 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 gay clown type thing. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like it's the gays going in and helping the straights, and we're you know we're the happy gays. La 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 la. We're gonna make your straight lives better. And I mean, it kind of irked me that way. It, you're it talking was good. about queers folks. Oh, what what did you mean? I mean, you're talking about queer eye for the straight guy. I'm talking about queer as folks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I was never into queer as folk. I think that was Showtime. Yeah, I'm like thinking. I'm like, if it's not HBO, it, it's like on a premium cable service, and you're oh. like going into straight guys' lives oh and making them better. And I'm like, when was this? Uh... Sorry. Uh, no, no. A queer as folk was like a specific uh, gay. Uh, reality like clubbing and uh, I wouldn't say they were all sleeping around but the main character I believe uh, Brian was was very open about sleeping with several sexual partners but then there were like the other characters that would have long-term relationships and and stuff like that but um, I love the mother on that she was in Cagney and Lacey she was fantastic who's that oh F. She's she's not the one that was on uh, the Juliana Margulies show. Was that Juliana Margulies? We also been catching up with RuPaul's Drag Race season twelve. My lord, ha- are they doing everything in their power to keep Sherry Pie off screen to the point where we think that she's not even there? It's we they do it forget. so good. We completely forget, and every once in a while she'll like. Like, while they're getting ready for a challenge, she'll, like, ask someone a question. And they, they, like, show her for a split second. You caught that. And then it's all about, you know, the answer and one one person opening up about their mother. Like, just setting it up. Uh, But they don't show her um, talking in in the, like, the documentary style um, side interview. interview. Yeah. And the only time that we hear the interview is, is when they show her runway, which the... The Snatch Game episode, they didn't even show a runway look. I think they're only showing her if she won that challenge. They did show her this past this past the, one. Yeah. C- but yeah. she didn't win. No. Uh, I think it might be a time thing. Like, if they don't have en- enough other footage, they'll end up showing her. Um, but, 
I honestly, if I'm going to be honest, it's very, very, very distracting to watch the show and like to see how they're editing her out. Um, I I honestly think they should have left it as it was and still had the warnings and everything. Uh, well, no, I, I can understand that they don't okay want to give her it. all that press. I'm okay well. with it. It's- I'm I'm on the fence. I'm sorry. I'm on the fence. Because it, it is distracting to watch. That's all. That's all All I'm saying. For me, it's not distracting. I, I forget. And they do a good job with editing her out. And then when I see her, I'm like, oh, she's there. Oh, she's... And then it quickly, like, everything adds up. And then I just go on with it. I think from, from the cast now, we watched up to the Madonna one. The Madonna Rusical one. Which was the last episode. Or as of uh, Friday uh, the 10th. I think if it's the top four, it will be uh, obviously Sherry Pie, um, Gigi Good. Um, if she knows how to play her cards right, hiding in closet, because that bitch knows how to dance. Hiding in closet is amazing. I think she's my favorite. She and, is but, and let's, let's, hot, hot, like hot. Everyone's saying she needs to fucking change her name, but uh, she's she's amazing. And if she doesn't. Uh, make it that far, she'll, like you said, she'll probably get the... Uh, Miss Congeniality. Congeniality. Um, who else is th- is there? Uh, Who's, like, really, really popping? Because I think I feel like... Jackie there's, Cox there's, the, is the uh, Iranian. I think she's fantastic as well. Uh, Gigi Good. I feel like they're setting up uh, Willow, like, to eliminate her. Like, so the fans will, like, start getting tired of her, just like they did with Britta. So they edit it in a certain way for a few episodes, so fans will be relieved when they get eliminated. So Britta was just eliminated. Um, and I don't know if she was edited. I'm sure, obviously, she she acted like that. But these reality shows, I don't trust, trust the editors all the time, you know? So I, I feel like Willow might be going soon. Well, I mean, there's a point. I mean, I didn't see Untuck. We didn't watch it, but it's true what she says. It's like they they pick at them for doing bad. Mm-hmm. Just don't don't talk if the tables have turned and you're at the bottom, and then people are nitpicking you to step up the p- or how they say it, step your pussy up. You know, I it's uh, not fair. I well, mean, it's well, a competition. But what was whatever. the Iranian's name? Um. Wow, uh, but I thought she did amazing in in the Madonna challenge. I was, you know, for for me, you know, compared to the rest, I thought she did fine. I don't know why they were laughing at her. And how about Jan? Just Jan. She was the first one. I like Jan. It. No, Jan had great rhythm. I thought she was gonna win. Yeah, me too. Um, but I, you know, I guess the the one that won was uh, Crystal Method. Oh, no? Crystal Method is the. The other one, El DeBarge. El DeBarge, yeah. Crystal Method did did, did Crystal. No, Gigi Good one. She won again. Did she have the the Madonna Ray of Light era? No, that was Jackie Cox. Oh my God. The Iran Iranian. Okay, I'm lost. <laughs> I'm so lost with whoever one is. Uh, but I think. Uh, my favorite Madonna era, since you asked, uh, <laughs> is the Ray of Light era. Like, I mean, that's the only CD of hers that I own, and I feel like it's very spiritual, and it has Frozen on it, which I, the music video is just gorgeous. 
Uh, but moving on to Drag Race. What's uh, your favorite era, by the way? By Madonna? I'm not sure. Um, I like a lot of her old stuff. Uh, my favorite song from her is Take a Bow. Yeah, it was pretty. That was featured on Friends, the Friends, uh, the first season finale. And? Random Friends fact. There you go. But that's not the fact of the week. <laughs> that's the random Friends fact of the week. So, Nicolas Cage is going to be in a movie called Wally Wonderland. Um, there were some photos that was uh, put out on the interweb about some behind the scenes of this movie. And in the movie, he plays a quiet drifter tricked into a janitorial job at a condemned amusement park. He's soon forced to spend the night there and is pulled into a living nightmare as the threatening animatronic characters come to life. He must fight his way from one monster to another to survive until morning and get out of the park. Uh, what do you think? What oh, do you I'm, think? What I'm do you think? not going to get into uh, my complete and utter love for Nicolas Cage, obviously, but... Uh, but the movie sounds awesome. That's so up my alley. It yes. has amusement park and it has horror and it has crazy animatronic shit. It was done on The Simpsons. Let's be honest. But this The Simpsons has has over five hundred episodes. Five hundred. Uh, so everything's been done on The Simpsons. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no, it sounds awesome, and and I will. I that's a Nicolas Cage movie that I would be interested in seeing. <laughs> Um, when I saw the pictures, I thought it was a remake of that Chevy Chase movie that they go on the vacation, National yeah. Lampoon, because yeah. they had the, and the place that they were going to was Wally World. You're right. So I'm You're like, right. Wally Wonderland? Mm, what? What's going on here? Um, but looks good. Uh, sounds good. Uh, I just hope that they, do you think they're going to make it horror horror or they're going to do it like camp horror? I think it's going to probably be like it, there's going to be a fine line mm. like that they will they will kind of cross over and then come back a little bit so you'll be scared but come on if you have like a Mickey Mouse type animatronic character coming after you it's funny just like you know like I said in the past when clowns try to kill you they're still funny you know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, did you ever see Doogie Howser? Of course, I was a big Doogie Howser fan in the back in the day. Well, then... that's that's the song they played while he was typing his journal entry at the end of the episode. Oh, uh, that was before my time. But you're in luck. They are rebooting it with a female-led Doogie Howser going to Disney Plus, and oh, that's it's freaking awesome. Going to be played. Oh, the mailman's here. Yay. Should we wave at him? No. <laughs> He's like, don't wave. Um, Ask him if he wants to be on the podcast. Um, no, social distancing. Oh, he's talking on his phone with his big smile. Good for him. Oh, no, he's singing. Good for him. He's making the best of it. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be set in Hawaii Ooh. by a 16-year-old uh, doctor, as he was obviously. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, that's pretty much the premises of it. A uh, premise. The premise of it. Premises is uh... area of location. <laughs> I'm wow. sorry. No, it's okay. Thank you. I mean, what was the thing that I said that your brother, your brother, sometimes correct me until some cringeworthy things that I get into or say. Sorry. Uh... I'll save my life. <laughs> 
whatever. Well, your first language is Spanish, so it's it happens, you know, it yeah. happens. It's not a big deal. Um, no, I, I am I'm I'm so down for a Doogie a Doogie Howser reboot. Uh, I would hope that Neil Neil Patrick Harris, and I'm sure he would if he was asked, do like a cameo or something. Uh, but it was it was such a good show, and I was trying to think. I'm sorry to interrupt you. The girl from Fresh Off the Boat is playing the Doctor, so I don't know who it is. I know you've watched it. I kind of I kind of watched it. Um, um forgot oh. her name. She was in another uh, show or movie. Remember any? Well, I guess it was a girlfriend. Nova, what's wrong, Nova? She wants to go out. I know. She wants to go out. Um, but uh, it looks cool. Uh, sounds cool. I mean, uh, I never watched Doogie Howser. I only know from pop culture references, especially Family Guy. I was a uh, very, I was very into like those doctor shows. I watched uh, ER almost from beginning to end. I think the last few seasons they they got rid of so many cast members, or not got rid of. Well, look at that bird. Where? You see it on the branch? Gorgeous. No. It's, uh... See it. Oh. Oh, well. Oh, it's jumping around. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was, like, super into that. And then uh, Mama Rita got me into House, which she's, she was, like, super into. She's like, you gotta watch her. So I'm like, oh, well, babe, a Mama. that's a cardinal. Yeah. She's like, uh... And it, it, House was amazing, but after House, uh, there haven't been many medical shows that I have watched. Grey's Anatomy, never. Everyone's watching that except me. Yeah, well, it's, oh look how pretty the bird is. Yeah, huh? you see it now. Yeah. Um, sorry. It's so <laughs> I'm I'm down to see uh, a Doogie Howser female wed. Oh, I was looking up. To see who the actress was. So yeah, uh, talking about the bird, uh, it is a light red. It looks like a little baby cardinal. It's not fully red, and it has a bright yellow orange beak. For all you ornithological fans out there, it's kind of like a brown rusty. It has a head of a cardinal. Nova, well. Courtney Kang is the actress. She's from Fresh Off the Boat and How I Met Your Mother will be the one to lead the Doogie Hauser um, reboot. It's called Doogie Kaloha MD. All right. That's the awesome. working title. So she just happened to have the same first name as another. Per, uh, uh, who names their child Doogie? Yeah. Dookie Doogie would have been their bullied name. Mm-hmm. Not that I was a bully. I'm just, you know, getting from suppressed memory from my childhood. But anyway, talking about Disney Plus, Disney is working on a CGI Robin Hood remake. Carlos Lopez Estrada is set to direct with Dumbo and Tron, Tron Legacy producer Justin Springer. It will keep its musical element and be a mesh of live action slash CGI like the Jungle Book and Beauty and the Beast. You're excited? I again, like I said, Disney Plus allows the opportunity for movies that may not like have enough of a fandom to make it into the theaters to go straight We've to talked about this. Yep. You're right. Go straight to um, Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, 
This is something that I, I, I'm I'm down to to sit back and watch on Disney Plus, just like Lady and the Tram. Um, what what was the other one they were gonna do? I can't remember. There was another one that they announced like straight for Disney Plus. Um, and they'll probably end up doing the Aristic Aristic Aristocats Aww. as well eventually. Uh, I I'm I'm down for it. Uh. I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. It'll it'll be interesting. Obviously, they aren't going to get like real animals like they did for Lady and the Tramp. That would be fucking interesting. That would yeah, because you got to animal abuse. You got to think it was a lion, a tiger, a badger, chickens and cows played the second uh, dairy characters. So that would be a crazy in the middle of the woods. Yeah. So CGI. <laughs> so CGI. Yeah, that would be like a freaking massacre. But I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, me too. I recently watched Robin Hood, and it was a good, good movie. Yeah, but not that recent to remember. To remember that, that there were songs. Yeah. yeah. You want to read the next one? Sure. So a show that we have uh, talked about on this podcast, Dead to Me, is returning May eighth. This is another funny enough Mama Rita suggestion. <laughs> yes, yes, that was her. Uh, we were super into this show. We, you know, watched it. Um, we watched one episode, and it's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And I think that's one of the very few shows that we burn through, burn through really fast. Yeah, because uh, we're still trying to burn through a few other shows. We need to do uh, the RuPaul one, AJ yeah. and the Queen. Finish that. Finish that up. Uh, the show stars, of course. Uh, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, who I believe were nominated for Emmys. Um, and it tells a story about a powerful friendship that blossoms through grief. And there's a little bit more to there, but I highly suggest, you know, you know, watching it, um, watching it, a, a watching it and then B watching it, you know, not knowing what you're getting into because there's, uh, pretty cool twists and there's things that you think are is going on but maybe not but then maybe are yeah the reason why the description is a little vague like that it's because imbd and wikipedia has it like that so i think that's the show's yeah. synopsis to put out to people um and yeah great great story i feel like it's so original so organic christina applegate and linda cardellini blew it out the park with their performance yeah. in this show, and she deserves a nomination. And I was rooting for her when she was nominated. I was I was honestly sure that uh, Christina Applegate was going to get it. She was based on freaking awesome. Um, for all you youngins, Christina Applegate was uh, one of the Bundies from Married with Children, and I loved Kelly her, Kelly Bundy. Like, There's no way I forgot her name. <laughs> uh, sh and she's flourished into a, a very awesome, amazing, and well-respected actress that I thought that she was going to end up one of like a know, child star. Yeah, yeah, uh, those child. I'm I'm sure she's gone through her own personal battles, and I'm glad to see her in a uh, pedestal that she does deserve to be in, and so does Linda Cardellini. She's fucking fantastic. She's funny and witty and and cute. Yeah, uh, no, I love Linda Carlin ever since the Scooby Doo movies, <laughs> and then she was like, she was my favorite character for years on ER, um, no and I can't remember remember her character's name. God, uh, Doctor Cardellini. I don't think so, but I, you know, she was cute, and I and I liked her a lot. I don't I don't think she got the best send off if I remember correctly. 
The show uh, is returning May 8th, and we are so excited to friggin' watch it. Um, talking about Netflix shows, I think we mentioned it in a previous podcast, but Russian Doll has been postponed due to the coronavirus. Um, and it was another show that we burned through as well. Yeah. Um, and that's another one we're, we're hoping to see. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our final well not really final uh apple saga it's it's interesting how it worked out i might as well you know talk about it a little bit now oh Oh, okay after okay after we'll be back so we are back and the the reason why we aren't saying this is the final um fiona apple thing it, it just so happens that it works out that this very week this very friday of this podcast, her fifth album is being released digitally. Uh, we could never have, have planned to have started this Fiona perfect. saga to have the fifth album come out at the perfect time. So obviously in the next podcast, we'll be reviewing Fiona Apple's fifth album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Uh, she it's It's not physical. She honestly, her record company wanted her to release it in October. Um, and she decided that she wanted to release it, you know, Friday. as soon as possible. Yeah. So uh, it's fantastic. There isn't there isn't an al- like album art cover at all yet. There isn't a single. There isn't a music video. She's just going to release it. And I guess everything else will, will fall into place afterwards, like with a tour and singles and stuff like that. Um, and that, for me, that helps a lot because Alanis Morissette's album was just pushed back to September, so... No way. Yeah. That was supposed to be released May 1st, and that... Um, and let's be honest, her her concert in June will probably get pushed back as well. Should have pulled a Dua Lipa. Yeah. Fans need new stuff because we quarantine girls. You, I, I, I understand both views. You know, she wants to... She wants to promote it, so, um, and Fiona Apple wants to get the music out. So, you know, I'm happy either way. It it, it lessens the sting that, you know, the Atlantis sting that we're getting a Fiona True. album early. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Fiona Apple's fourth album, The Idler Wheel is Wiser Than the Driver of the Screw, and Whipping Chords Can Tame You More Than Ropes Will Ever Do. I think I messed that up, but whatever. Also known as The Idler Wheel, was released on June 18th, 2012, seven years after her third album, Extraordinary Machine, which, at the time, was her longest gap between albums. With songs like Periphery and Every Single Night, Fiona stays true with what she knows best, and that's to put her her best word forward as she deals with confidence in the face of loss, verbal abuse, the highs and lows of teetering relationship, and regret, but... Through it all, you can hear how Fiona seems to self-reflect and learn from the hardest parts of her life. The album was nominated for Best Alternative Album at the 55th Grammy Award. She lost it to the one-hit wonder Gautier, where is he now? It was ranked number one on the Billboard's U.S. Weekly Charts Rock Album and U.S. Alternative, and also reached number three on the Billboard's Top 200, the highest any of her albums has reached. She took time to do this album under the radar from fans and her record label saying, I got to use the time in the studio to inspire me to finish other things rather than feel like I was finishing homework to hand in. 
She dropped her longtime collaborator John Bryan and went with touring drummer Charles Dayton. Drayton, I'm sorry. Originally was set for a 2011 release, but decided to wait another year due to her record label changing presidents, in which she didn't want her album to be mixed in with all that fiasco. The songs in her album includes Every Single Night, Daredevil, Valentine, Jonathan, Left Alone, Werewolf, Periphery, Regret, Anything We Want, and Hot Knife with an 11th bonus track. It was added on a bonus. Bonus. I... I don't know where where it came from. I think it ended up being I ultimately an iTunes uh, bonus track. Uh, Largo, Largo was the name. And I, I, actually, interestingly enough, uh, Amazon had that listed as a bonus track for the deluxe edition, which I purchased. And then when they sent sent the deluxe edition out, there was no Largo. Um, and to this day, it's still a mystery what happened, why that wasn't included. But at least we get to still listen to it in some form. When you made me that mixtape uh, of other similar songs that you were interested in, Largo was in it. I still have that song in the in the double twist. And recently, I would say a couple months ago, uh, she released it publicly on digital. Uh, and I saw that. Like Spotify and it stuff like that. It was added on Spotify. And I think she did that uh, for the purpose of raising money for... Uh, children at the borders yeah um which i think it was an amazing thing for her to do and she's also spent two years or a year for criminal any any use of criminal for a year yeah uh will be donated uh also for for those causes at the border that's amazing um the the singles um well, every single night is technically the only uh, I I would say official single that was released to radio. Um, like when we say singles, things have changed since since mm. she started releasing or since yeah since Fiona started releasing albums. There aren't really physical singles. I don't think there was a physical like um, single that you could buy in the store for every single night. So I'm basing singles, we're dating ourselves. Yeah, I'm basing singles off of. If it was released to radio and every single night was the only one, um, anything we want was supposed to be the second single. And unfortunately, um, I think, well, I'll get into, into why it was delayed. Uh, werewolf was a, like an album. How, how do you say it? Like, uh, she released it before to like websites to get people interested. So yes. that's considered like a promotional type single type thing. And Hot Knife, of course, a music video was released for it. Uh, here, the thing I think why there weren't, there wasn't a proper follow up single to every single night. Uh, the 2012 tour had to be postponed, and this is why I love Fiona so much um, because uh, her her dog was dying. And she decided to stop her tour, her entire tour, to spend do- time with her dying dog wow. while, while, while it died. Aww. So she postponed it. And then literally, I think over a year after the album was released and no tour or not the entire tour, she returned in 2013 to announce the tour and a brand new uh, music video, Hot Knife. Which she was in on the tonight show with jimmy fallon which was her first time at 
on television since 2005. Yeah, what do you remember or you know what she performed every single night? Uh, Extraordinary Machine and something else. Because I know I, I specifically looked it up, I think. So, yeah, I think every single night, uh, well, it's not like she has many albums to choose from as far as first singles go. But I think it's her strongest since Fast As You Can. Um, I feel like they made, they did, they made a horrible mistake by not having Extraordinary Machine as the first single, as the lead single from, from Extraordinary Machine. And every single night has that kind of hokey, cool vibe that Extraordinary Machine did. So I think that, that maybe they went back and decided to, Hey, Mm, let's, let's take a chance and not do like this, uh, uh, not necessarily not radio friendly song, but something that's very unique. Ah. Um, and I think it's 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 definitely one of the best songs on the album, and I'm I'm very glad that they decided to make that the single. I think that for me, this album is my favorite album out of the whole library or content of of Fiona Apple. And this is not like, we're not even talking about covers that she's done or duets that she's done. Oh yeah. We'll get to that. That's like something else, which we need to like sit down and go through it. Maybe we can talk about that on her last, uh, episode appreciations, the Apple saga episode six now. (laughs) So yeah, uh, those are like either the singles or like the promotional, the promotional things that, that she ended up or they ended up releasing uh what would you think do you think every single night was a good choice for the first single or do you think or what other songs do you think were single worthy that never got their due um was windows a single uh windows was on extraordinary machine we're yeah. talking about this album oh, oh okay i'm sorry i thought that question was like a general oh. yeah we discussed that that was remember that was um considered as a single uh, Daredevil should have been an awesome, could have been an awesome single. Yeah, that's one of my top ones as well. Um, I think every single night, I think they got it right with making this as the first single, followed probably by uh, Hot Knife and then Anything We Want. Yeah. Uh, would be would be cool. Um, the album itself as a whole, I love and I cherish, mostly because, because it has one song that, I really, really love, and I feel like it defines our relationship, and that is anything we want. Because you see, when we first started dating, Richard was in in the closet, and what I like about it is that after every verse, she just sings, "I want you to kiss me when we find some time alone, and then we can do anything we want." And that those two verses, kind of. Uh, define like the struggle that I guess we were going through as a relationship uh, in the beginning. Yeah, I understand. Uh, which song is it that uh, it's like the sifting feet uh, or like um, it was an extraordinary machine. No. That's one of these songs. <laughs> Periphery. Periphery. So that's like just that I think that makes that song for me. Just that simple extra thing that you add on that's just a little quirky. That's what I I, I, I love about these songs. Like of course, as always, the lyrics are amazing, but she does like 
like she turns sound into music right into like rhythm. A- anything we want is like on a tin can and it's just it's unique and and i'm sure you know there's other artists that do similar stuff but to to put that in with her voice and her lyricism and the rest of the music writing uh i think you know this is definitely her most artistic album, uh, in my opinion. I feel like it's it's her least uh, um, uh, record label um, inspired. Like, I think the record label allowed her to do what she wanted for this one. And back to the periphery shifting, that's actually her feet shifting on the floor that she recorded outside the recording studio. I love that. So to come from like her, it's like even 10 times, 10 times cooler Cause it's not like a soundbite or a sample or anything. Yeah. You told me a funny story about uh, the kids screaming in uh, one of the songs for Werewolf. Cause we've been thinking about where it it's from, and yeah. then you asked me a while ago, do you think it's like people dying, or like <laughs> are they in a carnival or something? So I always thought it was like a carnival or something. Uh, it started with um, her wanting to record commotion in the back of of werewolf and she went to where did she go um like uh you told me it was like a a movie with gunshots and stuff yeah she went to go see her mother or her grandmother and there was a movie playing in the turner classic movie channel and she recorded that that tidbit of like a crowd of cheers and yelling and she didn't want to use it for two reasons. One, uh, copyright infringement. And two, uh, there were gunshots. Uh, so she another time she went to San Francisco and she was on a trolley and she would just tell people to scream while yeah. holding a microphone. But that didn't sound well to her either. And it wasn't until she was at her home and she was by an elementary school and she heard a bunch of kids just enjoying themselves and cheering. It was like a field day. Um, And she grabbed her pants that she was planning to throw out because it had a slit in her butt. It was, it was broken. It was, it had a tear. And she later was saying, I'm out here recording these elementary, (laughs) elementary school kids with a broken pants, ripped pants. Um, But in the original recording, the kids had balloons that were between their legs and they had to pop them. Yeah, I played that game. She edited the popping out because it did sound it again like... Gunshots. Like gunshots. Again, it's things that like that that gives it that Fiona Essence special ingredient, that, that dry rub that you put on meat to marinate. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Valentine is another stoic, sad song about not being enough. For someone and then seeing that person that you love love someone else that's absolutely i think uh one of my favorite songs valentine you didn't see my valentine i sent it via pantomime like it's such a simple line but it's so so goddamn deep you know what i mean Ex- it- excuse the gd mamarita sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh and it's it's really pretty in a sad way daredevil i love it i feel like there's this rage burning in her another thing what i like about lyrically or musically about the song werewolf is the lyrics of the the lava of a volcano it's just that same downbeat 
through the, the lava of the volcano. It's yeah. it's so good and so smart that it it's I love it. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's certainly like as someone again who has uh loved her since her first album. It was a long wait, obviously, between Extraordinary Machine and this one. Uh, and as soon as I heard every single night, I'm like, okay, this bitch got it right. Um, I, I, I'm amazed by this album. I, I'm one of those people that even though I pull my hair out waiting for new albums from my, my favorite artists, I say that their best albums are the ones that that take the longest to do. And you are right. And in, in so many cases they are, I'm expecting Alanis Morissette's next album to be amazing uh, for that same reason. How long from, from the idler wheel to fetch the bolt cutters? Eight years. Eight years. Oof. This is 2012. Child. And, and the same, th- and again, the same thing for Alanis Morissette, which is their both of their uh, biggest uh, or longest gaps. Um, so I'm hoping for amazing things to be coming out. And I'm hoping also hoping that the killers don't push back their album. Two songs also that I want to quickly discuss periphery. I think it's one of the smartest written songs besides every single night and anything we want to be written. Uh, it's basically talks about the temptation of, of cheating and, and, and how all the fun things and how all all those things happens in your peripheral vision and how she uses idioms and uses um references as to where all the those things lies is there and poetically or lyrically it's it's amazing as well uh regret Mm -hmm. is another uh i guess ballad you want to call it would you consider her I songs know, I ballads? I don't know if any any song I would consider an actual ballad on this album, which, again, that's something that I think I probably just realized, which kind of blows me away. Jonathan, for me, was the least song I, I listened to until we were hearing it this morning. Um, and it talks about her ex and how uh, she just doesn't... Uh, how she likes him the way he is, right? Mm-hmm. And even though that he cheats on her with other women, that she's okay because that's what she likes about him. And it's basically like this convincing of herself to to be okay with that situation that she she's in. I don't know how in love they were um, or how together they were or if they lasted really long, but that's the gist. If you guys think it's something else, let let me know. Regret is uh, a great song also. Um, it's self-explanatory. Um, and, you know, we, I think we've discussed it so much ourselves that I think we forget to mention one of the best songs, which is Hot Knife, mm. which is a, one of the songs that I originally uh, showed you after Parting Gift. Yes. Um I forget what you call this type of song. It's like the row, row, row your boat where I they... I called merry-go-round. Yeah, I think it's... Or something like that, merry-go-round, where she she sings the first verse and then 
the second verse is her and her sister singing and they kind of do it in the in the music video and then there's a third where she's like in the background and you can and you can and you can and it just and and by the end of the song they're all singing together at the same time and it's just you can relax around and one like very good thing i'm hearing about the fifth album is if you like hot knife you're really gonna like this album so obviously that's huge for me because hot knife is one of the strongest uh is one of my favorite songs in general uh i love that she she returned with a music video for that which was directed ultimately by her ex-boyfriend paul thomas anderson which uh had to have been i i didn't read that article at length the uh where she announces the the um is it new yorker she announced the album album title but from what i understand uh she isn't too kind to West Paul Paul Thomas Anderson. Is he related to Wes Anderson, or is it Wes Anderson? No, Wes Anderson's the actor, right? Is the director? Are you sure? Yes, he did the Grand Budapest Hotel, and he did all oh, that cute movie. I forgot that name with that with Edward Norton and Bruce Willis that they're in like this small island. It's Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay, not Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson's the actor, director. Paul Thomas Anderson is the director. Isn't Wes Anderson who an actor? Who did? No, wait. Wes Anderson's another filmmaker, but I don't think he ever dated Fiona Apple. <laughs> it's I know Fiona dated Paul Thomas Anderson. So oh, yes, Moonrise Kingdom. Wes, the, I love that. He movie. has nothing to do with <laughs> Fiona Apple. Paul Thomas Anderson returned, and apparently, uh, in this article, she didn't like make great light of their relationship, according to at least Scott, who read the whole article. Um, we love you, Scott. Thank you for the email. Yep, we we're, we'll email you soon back. Uh, oh my goodness, it's it's just it's it is a fantastic album, and the more I think about it, I think it might be my favorite as well. Um, but there's things about every single album that, that, she de- that I'm obsessed she has done. with and that I love. And, and I can't, it's, it's so, it's so hard to choose just one album. And, and again, it's, you can tell it's artists that just love music. Yeah. It's not about fame or it's not about the awards. Like she really wants to put out music. Hence the fact that she is releasing it early. She doesn't care yeah. about artwork or singles or anything, she just wants to put it out for her fans, and that's the sole purpose of her ideology of what a musician should should yeah, be. I can't wait. Oh, sorry, I can't wait. Uh, All right, so you want to talk about DVDs and music? Uh, yes. So, excuse me, let me get that up. So, new uh, movies. This is April fourteenth. Okay, so new movies on April 14th, coming up this week. Just Mercy uh, is out. That's the movie with Michael B. Jordan. Underwater is out. The the horror movie at the bottom of the sea with oh, Christian we- Stewart. Uh, and Final Kill is out. New uh, music coming out this week. And let's... Well... Did I talk about this? And last week, since we skipped skipped an episode, uh, The Strokes released a new album called The New Normal yesterday on, on the 10th. 
and coming out this week. I don't, I don't really recognize anyone there. Do you? Do you? I Which don't know. date coming out this week? Do you, Do you see anyone that that's that that might be important to either of us? Um, I know Billy Ocean. I know the Smiths. Oh shit! No, I don't. Th- I don't think that's that's the Smiths. Oh, um, Jeremy Zucker. Is he related to Mark Zuckerberg? Whatever. And then this girl named Fiona Apple. I don't know. I don't know who she is. Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Yeah. The hell is Interesting. That? What a weird title. Yeah, but I'm sure she's... So Fiona Apple's Yay! album is coming out this week. Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Which BTW, I think we mentioned in the past, the the title comes from a a British Gillian Anderson, Anderson like show uh, called The Fall which is kind of like Law and Order SVU. And uh, Jillian Anderson's character has been like looking for this girl and they come to find her in a, in a room that's chained up. And she yells at someone, fetch the bolt cutters. And that's where Fiona got the album. So, I've, you know, I'm a big X-Files fan and Jillian Anderson fan. So, you know, to have those two things come together is pretty cool to me. We saw her at a con and you got an autograph. And we yeah. saw her... Her Q and A, where the lady's like, "For my fan fiction, what name? I need to know." And they're like, "We've really never thought of." No, I want to know. It was really cringeworthy yeah. to to watch the desperation in her voice or in her eyes. She really wanted. And then like they gave a, a canical name. Yeah, and then they gave um like this random name or whatever. Uh, and you know that that's that she's calling that canical on her she her said fan that. fiction. Uh, she said that to me Aww. face to face that and, this is. And that's why I would be too embarrassed to go up and ask a question, especially to those two. It was it was Jillian Anderson and David Duchovny in a Q&A. And let's not talk about like the sound issues they had. That was very disappointing. Um, yeah. But... I I think that that would be me. I would be, like, like a meme or something. I'd end up on YouTube as like the dorky guy that asked like some crazy ass question. In episode thirty two point five season. of of season two, the original, not the reboot. Uh, you mentioned this, but in the movie, it was mentioned this. <laughs> and uh, how do you correlate those two in your minds? Where do you get off switching <laughs> this around for me as a devoted fan? But whatever. Anyways, you want to play Six Degrees of Separation? Yep, 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 yep. I am yep. going to give you the most talented woman that we've talked about today besides Fiona Apple, Linda Cardellini, and um, Mike Myers. Oh, okay. Uh, BTW, I'm thrilled that Linda Cardellini is part of the Marvel Universe. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, you know who she plays, right? No. Really? She plays... The Waitress? Uh, no. No, that's somebody else. One more guess. Linda Cardellini in a Marvel movie? Yeah. She's been in two. Who? Uh, she plays Jeremy Renner's wife. <gasps> That's right. In the last two Avengers, I'm so movies. sorry, Linda. <laughs> Please forgive me. I and love I was you so much. Absolutely thrilled to see her, and I I want to say that that was like a Joss Whedon trick, or it wasn't the last two. 
she was in she was in Ultron, and then she was in the the most recent one. Oh, okay, yeah. So because, Whedon did Ultron. Yeah. Um, or maybe yeah, because Whedon basically was setting up to make the viewers think that they were gonna kill Hawkeye off. So they were showing his family, and I'm sitting, and I and I bought it a hundred percent. I'm like, oh, he's dead. He he, it's gonna be this big emotional effing thing. He's dead, and it ended up being like Quicksilver or whatever. Went, Didn't uh, see that coming. Okay, that was the most useless character and useless death. I'm sorry. Cool. So Linda to Mike. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh. Um, Linda Cardellini. Okay, okay. Bam! Linda Cardellini was in Scooby-Doo 2, I don't remember the subtitle, with Seth Green. Seth Green was in Austin Power movies oh, with Michael Myers. That Mike was so Myers. fucking easy. Whoops. And I was going around in circles. I'm like, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Edwin Buffy <laughs> with Seth Green, and blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, oh no, Seth Green was in Scooby-Doo 2. And a our, weird Buffy reunion, <laughs> which was really cool. And our fact of the week. Wait, before oh, you I'm say sorry. that, I need to correct something. Uh, I think I said that Freddie Prinze Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, starred together in the sequel to I Know What You Did Last Summer. And then literally two seconds later, I mentioned that Sarah Michelle Gellar died in the first I Know What You Did Last Summer. So how the hell could she be in the second one? It, she wasn't in it. So yeah. I apologize for that. He and Jennifer... Uh, Love Hewitt were the only two. Well, I uh, what's his name? Holmes Holmes Osborne, I believe, also Sounds returned familiar. for the second one. Yep, that's a correction. So, what is uh, the fact of the week? E.T.'s face was molded after Albert Einstein, Carl Sandburg, and a pug. God help me, creepy as hell. E.T. always scared the shit out of me. I thought when I was younger, it was a horror movie. Because of how ugly and creepy he looks. but that's, It is a horror movie to me. So. <laughs> that's the fact of the week, and you can do whatever you want with it, because it's not mine. It's Steven Spielberg's. Yep, absolutely. So, we've come to the end of this episode. Guys, continue to do whatever you can to flatten that curve and stop the spread. Wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, wear your mask practice social distancing and just shut up all those fucking conspiracy deniers we thank you for pressing play and for always listening to our awkwardly funny episodes yeah remember we're all in this together uh we know you're hurting we're hurting too we're pulling our hair out i'm actually growing my hair out um don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR. That's PressPlayAR. This has been another awesome episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.